Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into the Elizabeth Weinberg interview today, I actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. Uh, PicDrop's a really great tool for when you need to send off those photos to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. Um, I've been using it for a little over a month now and really enjoy it. It's kind of just helped me kind of streamline my workflow and keep all my files in one spot when I need to send them off to my clients. For years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And uh, like I said, I've really been enjoying it. And actually, with today's podcast, if you use the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get in with the uh, Elizabeth Weinberg interview. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer and director Elizabeth Weinberg. Elizabeth has worked with clients such as Netflix, Target, Rolling Stone, Pepsi, and is also a regular contributor to the New York Times. She has photographed everyone from John Mayer, Selena Gomez, DJ Khaled, and Danny DeVito, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Elizabeth about her approach to marketing, some of her early assignments, and also some of her directing work. I've been following Elizabeth's work for years, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her work. And also, this is psyched. Uh, she actually grew up in the same uh, town as me in Massachusetts, Franklin, Mass. Uh, so excited to have another Franklin, Mass native on the podcast and just have a lot of respect for her work. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Elizabeth Weinberg, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Of course, anytime. I was excited. Probably made it happen. <laughs> yeah, I was excited to, uh, like I said, you've actually, you're one of the most requested guests uh, to come on the podcast. So I was excited to talk to you, uh, fellow former Franklin Mass resident. So uh, <laughs> pretty excited about that. Um, but I guess to start off, I was kind of curious what you've been uh, working on lately. Oh, what have I been working on lately? Um, a bunch of things, kind of lots of stuff at once. Um, I have a few, um, like, motion projects that I'm kind of in the midst of production with. Um, I'm doing kind of um, some fun stuff, like a fashion film, and then I'm doing um, a kind of documentary-type film for a friend's um, company. So I'm working on those uh, various stages of production. So it takes a lot longer than a photo shoot, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, I do a lot of work in the New York Times. So I've had a couple of shoots in the last week and um, in the process of editing those things. And um, yeah, there's just always kind of something in the uh, various stages of completion <laughs> at all times. I like it. Staying yeah. busy. Is the motion yeah. stuff, you, is that something you find yourself doing more and more lately? Um, I'm trying to, it's kind of, you kind of have to do it to do more of it. You mm. just have to like kind of, uh, dive in. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to do more. So in order to do more, like for work, it's, it's kind of produced stuff that, um, that I can show that, like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so 
I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really trying to get into, into it more and, um, kind of combine it with the, my photo universe. Yeah, so, definitely. Especially with like the commercial stuff. Do you find like, um, like a lot of jobs have like a motion comp component nowadays? Like I know you do a lot of advertising too, on top of all like the New York times stuff you do, but is it, yeah. you find it's more of like, if you have that extra asset, it's kind of easier and ha find more work and whatnot. Yeah, I think that um, it's definitely something that adds to your like marketability. Um, if you can, if you have that experience, um, it kind of streamlines things. Like I just did a shoot in March where I directed and also shot the stills, and we kind of um, we kind of configured the day where we would do the motion part, and then we would do the stills part, and it flowed really nicely. Mm -hmm. So. No, that's cool. Do you like working that way where you kind of have to do both at the same time? Is it a challenge or is it this kind of just a different workflow for you at this point? It's different, but it's not really the, the same time. Like it's not um, doing it literally both at the same time. We, we kind of schedule the day in a way that it's the photos of the photos and then the, the, the motion part is the motion part. Mm -hmm. um, there are some shoots where they have a director and then they want the photographer to shoot alongside them. And that's like kind of a, a different ball game mm -hmm. it's um that can get more challenging but um when it's just me it's really really nice to kind of um keep the whole thing consistent like style wise as well mm, that's cool and i guess to kind of go back a bit i guess like kind of where did you grow up initially and like how do you kind of get into photography um starting out um so i grew up in franklin mass <laughs> all right and, franklin um, mass <laughs> yeah uh, and I, I guess I just had, um, went to a lot of concerts and, um, my youngest sister was born when I was 15. So I, um, was always taking pictures of her. Um, it was just kind of something that I just did without really thinking about it in the future. It was just fun for me. I would take pictures at shows and I would document my life with three younger siblings and that sort of thing. And then, um, I went to college at Boston University uh, initially for graphic design, but then I ended up transferring to the photojournalism department before uh, sophomore year mm -hmm. and graduated from there and then moved to New York. And what's funny is I thought, oh, I'm never not actually going to do like photojournalism, but now I'm hilariously like shooting the New York Times and um, kind of gone full circle with it. So it's kind of cool. Um, in that education, even though I wasn't like a war photographer, like was beneficial. Um, in in the way of learning how to document things and um tell a story yeah definitely uh, yeah it's really kind of cool looking at work it's like you can kind of see the photojournalism aspect but it's a little more like stylized uh but you can definitely see it's kind of a different look than normal like i wouldn't call you photojournalist okay. but it's all like you said storytelling and whatnot exactly exactly and that's what that's what i found that the education was really beneficial in that way i think they kind of it kind of the way that it was taught was very much like here's like here's how to do spot news here's how to do sports and like I at first I was kind of rolling my eyes a bit but it actually was good because it taught you how to use different lenses and taught you how to like go find a story and make something cool out of it or and talk to strangers and get their information and that sort of thing. 
is that something you've always just been comfortable with, this kind of talking to strangers and photographing people and whatnot, or is that something that kind of took you a while to get used to? Or? No, it took a while. It even took a while, like, with um, when I had to shoot portraits of people, like, feeling comfortable enough to ask them, like, to do certain things, like, move a certain way, sit, sit in a certain spot. Um, that just comes with practice. Um, and learning how to do that initially was helpful in college where we had to, like get the captions, like in order to get the captions, you have to get the people's name and, you know, yeah. um, where they're from and that sort of thing. I'm the worst with captions. I occasionally have like some editorial client that wants captions and I'm like, I'm just fucking terrible at it. Like I forget my pen. I'm like, I, I'm just like get busy shooting. I, I Hats off to any photojournalist that can remember to do that stuff. I know. I know. Um, but like, what kind of made, what kind of prompt do you make to jump from like graphic design into photo? Was there like a turning point? Like maybe like a photographer inspired you or how did you kind of make that jump? You think it was just more, you well, had... so I literally was on the, the website of my college and, and stumbled upon their, the journalism department. And I was like, what am I doing? Cause because I, graphic design, you didn't, I didn't actually do any of that at, at BU. It was, the school was very classical. So we did painting, drawing, and sculpture only for the first year, the, the year that I was in the program. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, this is crazy. Like, I'm just going to transfer. Um, I didn't realize that they had that major. I just didn't even really, it didn't cross my mind. And then when I saw they had it, because I, I was so focused on being in the art school, I was like, I'm going to school for art. Right, right, right art. <laughs> um and, and the photo program was not actually in the art school. It was in communications mm-hmm. college. So a completely different school within the university. And I didn't want to leave the school because I was having a good time there. So yep. uh, be, being in Franklin, I just drove up <laughs> the next day uh, and, and, and transferred. And I took a summer class to kind of like catch up because it it's a lot more like liberal arts based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I transferred there and... Um, started the program and I didn't actually take a photo. I just took one. Yeah. I took like two photo classes. I didn't actually take the real photojournalism class that was important until I believe my senior year anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was still, I still had access to the lab. still had access to the rentals, um, starting that, that fall in sophomore year. That's cool. I always just thought it's like it's like the hardest thing. You're like you're like eighteen or nineteen, and they just expect you to figure out like what, what you got to make a decision now. Like what are you gonna do? The rest yeah. of your life? it's like the hardest thing that I don't know how people do it. You know. Um, yeah, and I mean transferring within BU's like red tape bureaucracy was insane because I, I had to figure out go back because all my like AP credits and all this stuff that I had done in high school didn't really apply to the art program so that I had to go back and figure out, Oh, like what can I get placed out of with these things that I like skipped a year anyway, freshman year. And I had to go back and take like these intro writing classes that all the freshmen had already taken who were in calm. It was a whole debacle, but I made it through. (laughs) It's all, it's all rigged. It's all rigged. They just want your money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I guess like, like you said, you kind of got out of uh, BU and you ended up going to New York. Um, did you kind of always envision yourself li- living in New York? Did you think that was like a, like a necessity if you wanted to be a working photographer? What was kind of your mindset at that sort point? Sort of. I mean, at the at a certain point, Boston just felt real. Like especially where I was living, it just felt very. I was too old for it almost at that point. I was like, I'm 22. I need to leave. So um an opportunity came up to rent a friend's room while he was hiking the Appalachian Trail and I took it 
and got a job at the small dark room, um, which I believe has merged into um, Picture House. It's like a digital post-production house. Mm. Um, Because at the time, people were still shooting lots and lots of film. Um, And so um, then I started working in, in New York and just kind of being poor and Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you have like a like at that point? Did you have a portfolio? Like, did you kind of have a goal oh, in no. mind? A, a no, goal no. in mind for what kind oh, of no. work you wanted to do? Like, what was what did you think you were gonna? Oh do? no, I was in survival mode. I was just working at the lab, like <laughs> completely not thinking about actually um, the business aspect of it. But I was getting free film developing at the lab, so I was able to shoot. I was shooting constantly, but it was there was no portfolio or um that sort of level of things until a couple years later Mm. yeah because how did you kind of initially um kind of start getting assignments like how are you kind of getting your work out there um like i said did you kind of like a goal of mine like i'm looking at your website now you you shoot a lot at new york times like you said like portraiture um when did that kind of come on the mix for you um i started shooting i had a friend who worked at CMJ Music Monthly, <laughs> which right. I don't think exists anymore. This, uh, and she she gave me a couple of assignments uh, to shoot some bands for the for the um, magazine. And then I would hit up photo editors. I would go into the newsstand and, and look at the masthead and, and try to find an email address and just just reach out and email them and say, "Hey, let's just shoot for whatever." So. I would shoot for these little magazines that didn't pay anything, but I was getting good portrait work out of it. Mm. And I just kept doing that and doing that and doing that while, while having my job that I was working. At the lab. Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't working at the lab at that point. I was working as a studio manager for a minute, and then I was working at um, Time Magazine as a photo editor, online photo editor. Interesting. How did, you like, how did you like that? What, did, what, kind of, what does that entail? Oh, it was really cool. It was right up. It was around the run up to um, when Obama was running, starting to run for president. It was late '07. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool. It was like, hey, we need a photo of like this person to go along with this story, and like, what's the tone of the the article, and like, can you find a picture that kind of matches that? So it was cool. I would get the wires in, and yeah, go through and 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 find them. It was kind of fun, um, but that was only a limited time thing like time didn't have um like full time it was like you had like a seven month um contract. like contract or something so but my photo editor there um my my boss rather like the main photo editor he was always like you know if you want to shoot something that'll be our deal like you can always go and shoot it and so that was really nice and I and then I ended up working um at a design firm doing like web web developing stuff just very basic stuff yeah. Um, for like part time, so three four days a week, which was enough to like fill in the income gaps while I was able to like try to do other photo stuff. Yeah, it's interesting because that's like the hard thing I was gonna ask you about. Like, like is, as a like young photographers like listening, I think they struggle with like you look at like a working photographer. It's like how do you make that transition from like you know it's easy to get one job, but how do you make it to the point where you can actually make your living at like did it take it like hearing you kind of talk about it sounds like it was kind of like a gradual progression to the point where you oh, yeah. actually make your living from it yeah very gradual like it's not um either either people are very rich <laughs> <laughs> or uh 
or they are in debt and have a lot of credit card debt mm-hmm. or um or they it takes a long time mm-hmm. yeah or they just hit the lottery and like become instagram famous and then it works <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, because for you, do you feel like it, it was just kind of you kind of kept building up, getting more and more clients, and then kind of broke yeah. broken into the ad world where you can actually make some real money? Is it was there like one job? Do you feel like it was like a turning point for you, or was there like anything that kind of sticks out? Um, there was a, a, a point I was kind of like barely working, like a, a part time job doing web stuff, um, and I was like, uh, I didn't know if I could make the jump to like actually be full-time freelance mm-hmm. until the end of 2010 yep. um when i was like okay i did this one job for uh, like a skate clothing company and they paid me like a stupid amount of money and i was like okay i i have two um really decently sized ad jobs under my belt like i'm just gonna do it like because you kind of have to rip off the band-aid at a, at a certain point Go and i mean i could always I could always like go back to working somewhere if I needed to. Yep. Um and so yeah, so from then on and I had an I oh and I had just gotten a new agent at that point, so I was just kind of ready for it. I was like I can't have this agent if I'm gonna have a job yeah. that prevents me from going somewhere. So um yeah, that's that's a, that's kinda of what happened. I just dove in. <laughs> nice. Was that the Pac Sun ad campaign you shot? Oh no, that was um that came about like three months after actually when i uh it was mar that was i shot in um let me see uh 2011 oh my god i'm like forgetting all it's all right yeah, I just remember. Was, yeah. yeah no but you're you're correct though that was one of the bigger ones that i got um while i had my right after i got my agent so that was a few months later so that was another thing where i was like oh like i'm doing fine like this is going to be good so um was that like do you remember that first ad campaign you shot like was that like a like a nerve-wracking experience was it you were you completely comfortable kind of going into a bigger production um what do you kind of remember about that like first big job where it's more a lot more on the line you think um so that first job hilariously enough was um almost exactly 10 years ago Mm -hmm. uh, it was like may of 09 um and i almost like was it was kind of good how ignorant I was about the whole thing. It was very low by production. It was like a big job for Sony Ericsson, but it wasn't, it didn't feel stressful, even though there was, we were in LA and I was living in New York and I like traveled with this job and we had all the crew and everything, but it felt chill. And I think it was like a good, like training wheels on experience. Um, And I just kind of went in, went in not knowing anything, which was, good almost i didn't realize i didn't psych myself out in a way um and and yeah it ended up going well i actually was shooting it it was shooting this campaign with this phone that was like um a camera interesting so you shot the whole thing on a cell phone yeah which which is funny (laughs) because now that's like what people do with iphones but this was like a different thing um and so that made it less like stressful in a way too because it wasn't like big camera and like we weren't like shooting tethered it was literally shooting on a phone and then downloading like from a usb connection mm-hmm. to a laptop um 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's it interesting. Because did yeah. you have any experience like assisting prior to that or anything like working on sets? or Because I know you worked in the lab and you did some studio management. That, but did you kind of have a lot of experience working on it? No, I, I, I would like assist my, when I was studio manager, I, I did like one digi-checking and like assisting thing. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> you didn't like so it. I never really, <laughs> no. So I, I, um, I never, I never did it. Kind of dove right in. No, nah, I think it's smart. I don't think it's like a necessity. Like I was talking to Chris Buck, and he's funny. He he's like he basically tells anybody he's like if you want to be a photographer, don't be an assistant ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, now I I feel like all of these um, all of these new younger kids are kind of coming up without ever having had have to do it because they put their work on Instagram and then they're instantly working. Um, so I think it's the like the barrier to entry does not exist as, as much as it used to where you would like that you did your time assisting and then you were like moved up to first assistant and then you started shooting on your own. I don't think that exists anymore. And, um, yeah, people who, I think you can assist obviously and like then break in that way and like make some money while you're doing it and travel. Um, so it's definitely, I mean, obviously without assistance, um, I need people to assist, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but there, I have, people who just like just assist and they're happy doing that and they don't like the stress of ha- having to worry about being their own photographer and just um they they love assisting and that's i think the ideal assistant in a way yeah you can make a good living doing it and you get to work with a lot of different people like i'm not knocking it i did it for like a few years and i actually really enjoyed it i learned a lot um but like you're saying yeah it's way different now with like instagram and stuff um what's your take on instagram this is something i've been talking to a lot of photographers about these days um you feel like it's a necessity for like being a photographer uh like promoting your work is it something you enjoy what do you think about instagram i guess um so i have a complicated relationship with it i feel like i need it to kind of show people my work and what i'm doing um i don't like that it almost feels like if i put a picture up it doesn't get as many like likes or whatever or engagement as i expect then i almost don't like the picture as much anymore and i need to try to retrain my mind brain to stop judging it based on like external factors like back when i would put stuff up on Flickr, it wasn't like I was checking Flickr on my phone constantly because I didn't have a smartphone. I would go to the computer and see like, Oh, I got a bunch of likes on it. Cool. Or comments. Sweet. But it wasn't in my face 24 seven. And I think this like external validation thing is not healthy. (laughs) So I'm trying to think less of it. And also the algorithm like is also a killer (laughs) and You're like, does anyone, am I like just posting into the void? Like where, where is everybody? Um, Where's my likes? <laughs> I know. And it's, it's not, it's not good. Um, I, I think that also there's a lot of pressure with Instagram stories to like show BTS and like, Hey, I'm working. And, and then it's it all, just gives this false narrative that is like, it's, a, it's just another layer of pressure and, and bizarre Miss. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like an illusion. Like a lot of the times, like anybody can go in their archive and throw photos up there and make it look like they're like this busy every day, this like banking. Um, but the reality of it, you know, I think from talking to a lot of photographers, everybody kind of has their ups and downs in this business. You know, uh, like yep. some months you'll be busy, some months might be slow. Um, so yeah, so Instagram it is weird. It's like it's good and bad, I guess. You just have to navigate it. 
Um, yeah, I think taking a step back and like reevaluating re what your relationship is to it is very healthy because it can be like suck you down into like this wormhole of misery. Um, so I do think it is necessary to, because honestly, I don't even use my, my Tumblr anymore. I just use Instagram as my blog now, which is crazy, mm -hmm. but it, uh, it took me a while to kind of, kind of bite the bullet and just be like, okay, I guess this is where I'm posting all of my actual work. Cause initially it was just like, Hey, this is me like on a road trip. Yay. But <laughs> no, I have to like use it as a, it's like a port it's like a portfolio now. I was talking to my friend. He's like, man, if I upload something there, it's like cause I'm making a statement. It's like my new portfolio piece. It's not like this. Like, yeah, no, like, it's true. It's true. Um, so yeah. I, I, I understand the necessity of it, but also yeah. need to like, chill with it <laughs> uh, i hear you just focus on your work and make the pictures you want i think that's like probably the best way to do it um uh you know one thing i always kind of liked about uh you did i don't know if you still do it you used to do like a quarterly newsletter i, I used to get it i think i might still get it um where you'd kind of do like every quarter you kind of do an update on your work you'd email it out to like people you could sign up for it i was on it and you kind of give an update on projects you're working on is that something you still do did you find it like a valuable marketing tool yeah, so I actually still do it. I don't do it as often. I think I now do it twice a year because I'm trying I try to pack more into each one mm -hmm. and I try to kind of filter out. I just feel like people are so bombarded with emails that I try to limit it. Yep. Like it would be kind of a yeah, it would be like my seasonal newsletter. Um I think I just did a spring one and then I did a fall one before that. So I try to wait until if you shoot something and like say you know, it doesn't come out for seven months or eight months. Mm -hmm. I try to wait for like the bigger jobs yep. to come out and then use those as like marketing. Um, I think it's just a good way to get like your name in people's inboxes, even if they don't even read it. Like they'll kind of like subconsciously see that they get an email from you and then maybe, oh, yep. so and so is, you know, we're shooting this person. So like maybe we can um, hit her up. Like it's just kind of getting um in their face the getting yeah just getting your name in front of people yeah i liked it i think it's smart how you said you kind of only do it twice a year because you almost like people you're not bombarding them and then when it does show up people kind of like are interested because when i read it it was almost like a, you you definitely put effort into it and it was like almost like reading like a little magazine article or something so it was kind of fun to like uh it wasn't just like hey i shot this you'd put a little more like writing into it and yeah stuff. i try to put a little story behind it mm. not smart and uh, you know, one thing I always kind of ask people, uh, did it kind of take you a while to find your, like, voice as a photographer? Like, your style, uh, aesthetic, is it, like, something you th you think a lot about, or is it that's just kind of naturally how you've always shot? Yeah, so I, like, look back at my old work, and I see I see how when I was trying to do something different that I don't necessarily consider my style now, but I do feel like a common narrative or visual thread through things. I um, there are some things I shot 15 years ago that I think uh, this rules. Like it's totally who I am now, and it stayed the same. And then there's some like I've gone off like on little side paths where I try to light differently, or I try to be a little more conceptual. And I real and I realize it's not what I wanted. What I ended up doing in the long run. So I can see it progress. And now I feel like I'm kind of in. It's like twofold. I, I, I'm in like a, a groove where I have my 
aesthetic and style, but I also don't want to be stagnant and keep it the same forever. So I do try new things and I do kind of add to my like repertoire of, of visual, you know, aesthetics, but I also try to want to keep it consistent where it looks like my work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like when when people look at your work, what are you like hoping they take away from it? Like, I guess it's maybe it's a hard thing to do. Like, how would you describe your work, or like, how do you? Is there something you want people you want to convey, or like, how do you want people to like? I guess look at your work. I guess. Um, I I guess I kind of want it to always be timeless. I don't want it to feel like oh, this photo was totally taken in like 1997 or ni- or you know, tw- 2010. You know, I want it to feel um, like it could it live on its own. 50 years from now sort of thing. Um, so I, I guess timelessness is something I try to strive for. Um, almost visceral, like I know the word authenticity is used too much, but, uh, <laughs> but, but that feeling of, of realness and, and unpretentiousness and, and, um, but almost in an elevated stylized way. Yeah. Like, I've, I uh, like it. Your photos kind of almost have like a dreamy sense to them a little bit. Like some of the projects you've done, um, I think there's like one project you photo some, photograph some kids and it's just like, yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like an overarching, like, like, a it's an interesting look to it, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what I try to go for. Like the, with the kids project, I just was tired of seeing kids shot in like this really cheesy, overly happy lit way. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to make it feel like me, but was shooting kids and not like cool 20 year olds. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 what I was kind of going for, just like a slightly elevated, but also natural vibe. I guess is how I would. No, I, li- I like it. And you know, do you ever feel like you need to like create work that's going to attract clients, um, or do you just kind of create the work that you enjoy, put it out there, hope people are going to react to it? Because um, like once you get into the commercial stuff, do you feel like you need to make work that might attract clients, or how do you kind of approach that aspect of it? Well, yeah, so there have been times when I've been thinking, oh, I have to do a test shoot that's really, like, to be really marketable and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and I think that you kind of lose this, like, the, it becomes kind of soulless and, like, lose, you kind of lose the point at that, when you're doing that. I think um, it's a balance of doing work that feels, like doing a shoot just to do a shoot because you have to market yourself. I feel like it's not the way to do it. I think making work that could have an element that is commercial to it mm-hmm. that you enjoy making anyway, a personal project is, is the move because that's where all the, when I get a, a deck from a client, like that when they're referencing my work, like they're choosing all of the personal projects that I've done to show what they like. So it's not, um, it's not the 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 commer- very very like commercially you know work. They're into the p- personal projects, so um, I think it's important to do them in the first place. But also, sure, you can have like the idea of oh, like we'll we'll send this out to people, but not like oh, I really want to shoot shoes, so I'm just going to shoot like people wearing shoes. You know, it, it has to be you know it has to be sincere. It has to come from something and have some artistic integrity, and not just be like. Um, completely for commercial, you know, 
yeah. purposes. Yeah, this I don't know, like this business is just so random how jobs get like thrown out. It, you might as well just shoot what you want and like hope people. At least that's how I kind of look at it. Just shoot whatever you want. Hopefully, uh, people will hire you because, like, like you said, in my experience, anytime I shot something, I thought some client would maybe hire me for it. it never works. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't overthink it. I think it's just a matter of like consistently putting out good stuff and then um knowing how to market yourself to the people who who would be into your work mm. is the marketing aspect something you feel like you've always been good at or is it like uh, take you a while to get better at or is there things you kind of learned over time maybe things you wasted money on um i guess what's your approach these days um i think uh, uh there are some money wasting type things um like source books like that stuff that was basically pre-internet that they charge a lot of money to be involved in and i can't imagine anyone actually like opening up a source book and looking for a photographer in there mm-hmm. at this point uh they're literally like using instagram for it um but marketing i've always done like really nice printed pieces and i think that's really important i think especially now where everyone's looking at photos on a phone like i try to have really nice paper stock and and mail things out and give people something physical to hold with the images in it um and um, I'm working on one right now that's going to be a really big mailing booklet. Um, I sent out, I did an editorial mailing a couple weeks ago, and this one is going to be very similar book-wise, but it's just going to have a, like one image swapped out. Um, and um, it's going out to like 1,900 uh, people. Damn, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the biggest one I'll I'll I've ever done, but I haven't done one. I was so busy last year, I didn't actually get a chance to do one. So this one has Im- new, older images, but it's kind of a, a an overarching like, hey, like this is what I what I do, like celebrity lifestyle, portrait, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't it's genre genre list. It's more about like my overarching vision. So yeah, that's going out um, within the next couple weeks. So oh, that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you said, you kind of moved to New York initially. I know you live in LA now. Um, how, how was your time in New York? What kind of prompted your move to LA? And, uh, is there one you, you feel like it was beneficial starting out in New York or what was your kind of take being that you've lived in both markets, I guess? Yeah. I mean, love living in New York was great because everything is there. Like if you want to go to a meeting, um, you can do, you know, 15 meetings in a week if you want to. So that's, great to get FaceTime with people there. Um, uh, I like shooting in L- I like living in LA more in terms of being able to go shoot stuff in the mountains and go shoot stuff at the beach and, and have this varied like landscape that, um, and the light is way better, obviously. Um, so being able to make the work and have it be less stressful and like being able to put my gear in a car and drive somewhere, um, mm-hmm. instead of lugging stuff on the subway or trying to, this, I lived in, in New York before Uber's even existed. So it was a matter of like calling a car service and, you know, it was just a, Hassle. a little more shopping. Um, so it was great to kind of start out in New York and then, and then, um, being in LA has been nice and that I have like, studio space and um a photo community that's really active and and um the camarad- camaraderie out here has been really nice 
Was that like a scary jump? Like you're starting out in New York, you got some clients, and then you uproot yourself to another city. Was that like a scary thing? Like you're kind of, do you feel like you were start, starting from scratch to find new clients, or what do you kind of remember about that move? No, I don't. No, because most of my like shoots were actually out here anyway, and I was always in LA shooting when I lived in New York. And um, be, I mean, it, with with the internet being on one coast versus the other isn't really a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a matter of uh, I just kind of spent something up being like, "Hey, I live in LA now," like you know, in case for photo editors, whatever, um, wanted to hit me up for jobs that were in LA versus New York, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So like, it was yeah. like it was it, it it felt initially like what am I doing? And this may be sketchy just moving into LA and like not knowing yeah. what was gonna happen, but it's actually fine and now so many photographers live out here. That's good. You know, change is good. Change is good. Yeah. Um because yeah, like looking at your work once it seems like once you moved out to LA you started shooting for the New York Times a lot. Like you sh- you've been shooting a lot of celebrities. Um Yeah. Was that yeah. was that something like was that like a goal of yours to shoot like more entertainment no, stuff? Or that to, totally, oh. No, it's so funny. I didn't ever imagine doing that. Um, it was not part of the plan. It just kind of fell in my lap. And now that's what I, a lot of what I do. And um, my agent at the time, it was funny. She was like, well, yeah, you're in LA. You probably like shoot a lot of celebrities now. And I totally didn't do that for um, a year and a half or so before, uh, after I moved here. And now it's, kind of snowballed into what it is now yeah it's a, it's um and being, and being in la obviously all the they all a lot of them live out here um and even though the new york times is in new york they if they want to get someone in front of the camera mm-hmm. they need someone who's in la so yep. that's kind of how it happened and is the editorial stuff is that something you still enjoy um how do you kind of generally like approach editorial shoots like do you kind of go go in with it like a with a plan in mind or are you kind of more organic how you approach no it? that's why i really like them because it's a great counterbalance to advertising um it's usually just me and it like me and my camera i keep it really lo-fi really chill no plan it's like my fun little challenge i get there and i'm like all right what can we make how can we make a good picture out of this like ugly hotel room or this like weird badly lit you know place so it's like my little fun game that i enjoy a lot it's like the um total opposite of an ad shoot which has been completely meticulously planned out and there's lots of crew and and lots of production and and lots of stuff going on and and with the the editorial it's like you get 10 minutes and i'm like all right we'll we'll make it happen so um it's like total opposite but being able to work in that way, I think it's really beneficial when it comes to advertising stuff because I know how quickly we can get things done if we need to um, and how to, you know, it's something, it's it's great, it's it's good for problem solving. Yeah, and it seems like looking at your work, your style kind of, it looks like you use a lot of natural light pretty much, so it seems like you kind of allows you to work quickly probably. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, this Yeah, um, I I definitely use natural light if I can, and I and I've, been sup- I will supplement, but I try to keep it looking very natural, um, uh, even if I am supplementing. But on ad jobs, like I have big HMIs, and I'm yeah. like, we have we have lights happening, even though it doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> we have fake sun going on. I like um, it. But- Elizabeth can make it happen. She's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but with with editorial, I if it's just me, I don't like lug, like lugging stuff, so mm-hmm. I try to keep it my footprint very small. I like it. It's like, this, it's this, it's this clean, like real, like really strong portraits. And you know, with the portrait stuff, you're photographing all different types of people. I'm always curious, like how do you deal with like subjects? I'm sure it happens sometimes. Like people might have difficult personalities, don't want to be there. How do you deal with those tough shoots where you you got to make something happen, but it might be difficult for whatever reason? Um, I think the the way that I shoot kind of lends itself to the whole situation not being stressful in the first place. So I haven't really dealt with like quote unquote like difficult subjects. Yep. I haven't um, really had to. I think in in I think that I kind of disarm people in a way like um, and that kind of lends itself to it being not. Stressful. That's good. <laughs> or, 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 That's yeah, probably... I don't really have. I haven't really had like any horror stories, and 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 again, it's also like you have to learn how to read the room and and just see what people are into. If someone's not into doing something, it's like don't argue with it. You know, just kind of yeah, be as agreeable yeah. as you can. And it, there's a lot of diplomacy that that goes into it, especially and that that also bleeds over into advertising and, and lots of different personalities and knowing how to just work through them. Um, so the more you shoot these things, like the these portraits, uh, the celebrities, whatever, the more you do it, the more you kind of learn how to walk into a room and say like, okay, is this going to be easy or is it going to be a little bit of <laughs> maneuvering? Um, and then you kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, because I know I, my personal experience, I've had shoots sometimes where you take one picture and they're like, are we done? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. no, man, <laughs> we're not done. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's interesting. And you know, one shoot I was really interested in talking to you about is you photographed DJ Khaled. Um, I think it was for the New York Times. What, what was your experience? Photogra- oh, no, yeah, it was, that was for Newsweek. Oh, Newsweek. Um, uh, what was yeah. experience photographing that guy? He seems like quite the character. He was a total character. Um, he... He actually was really great and super chill, did anything I wanted, and it was awesome. Um, he, uh, it, it was funny because we were waiting around to get his haircut for like a really long time. And then, but he was so nice. He's like, go in the kitchen, like, grab anything you want. Like, it was, he was really chill. Um, and, you know, um, he, lo- he was excited to show off his stuff. So we like went into his, his car and, I shot a photo of him like through the window and then um in his living room with his son and it was it was great. He, is he is he really that character in real life or is it like he turns the phone on and he turns into like some like hype man, another one? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I didn't actually witness the whole like I mean he actually was Snapchatting during our shoot, which is funny because <laughs> I um I took a screenshot, I went and found it and I took a screenshot of it and I'm in like in the background and I was like oh my god I'm on DJ Khaled's Snapchat <laughs> I've, uh, I've made it <laughs> you should put that on your um, website it's like on the bottom asterisk on DJ Khaled's <laughs> yeah um, not- um, but he was, he was great Mm, no, that's funny. And, you know, I was looking at one ad campaign you did. It looked pretty amazing. You did an ad campaign for Airbnb. Um, I was kind of curious how that kind of came about and how that experience was. It looks like you got to travel a little bit on that campaign. Um, so I ended up working alongside, um, like, a film crew who was doing a video for it. So it was um, 
the campaign was for the Airbnb launch in China. Yep. Um, and so we didn't actually shoot in China, but we shot all around the world. Um, London, Tokyo, uh, Bangkok, Prague, Damn. Chiang Mai. Um, and we were shooting Chinese travelers, but in all these other places. Um, and so I had literally no assistant, no gear, except my camera. I had to shoot everything natural light. Um, and no time. <laughs> so a lot, so it was, um, a lot of chaotic, uh, it was, it was chaos. It was great. It was, um, the editorial, like problem solving really, really came about. Yeah. It came out great. Hey, I, I love the yeah, word. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah. it was, yeah. When I tell people that I'm like, I had no nothing. And we're like, what? Uh, but you know, these ended up being subway ads in Beijing and, and, um, Shanghai. So, um, it's kind of proof that you, you really can make things happen without a ton of stuff. You don't need all the stuff. Like you don't need nine million lights. You don't need, you know, three assistants. Like you can make it happen if you're confident that you can. I didn't even have a Digitech. I was just shooting the card and dumping it myself at the end of the day. Um, it was very, very, very scrappy. Um, because it kind of needed to be because we were doing both the video and the, um, Stills. the photos like all in the same, with the same talent. So we had to share talent. We had to share locations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we made it happen and it was 20, we were 20 days we were gone. Wow. That's quite the shoot. That's exciting. Um, yeah. and you know what the commercial stuff I was curious and talk to you about, like, I know you have a rep now. Um, do you feel like it's like important to have a rep if you want to be working in advertising stuff? Like, um, what's your take on that? Like, as far as having a rep, like you feel it adds value or, um, what do you think? Um, I don't think it's super necessary in order to get jobs. Um, there's, it's really helpful to kind of just have someone on your side as an advocate for like how much money you should be getting or like the production support you may need for a certain shoot. Um, but it's not like an av- like a client's going to go to your site and see that you don't have a rep and then be like, oh, I'm not hiring this person. Like, I don't think that's the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think maybe it used to be, um, but it's really not super necessary for, um, for getting the jobs. Mm. it's nice to have someone on your side once you do have the jobs that can work with you and, and get you, you know, where you need to be budget wise and production wise to do a good job. Yeah. And then like, as far as like when you partnered with your rep, what is it you were kind of looking for and how did you feel like, how did you know it was kind of the right fit for you? You, you think? Um, I've had several reps before and um, it's just like kind of like you're kind of in this marriage relationship, like you're dealing with money and and like your goals and you want to figure out, it's basically like someone who's your like work life partner, really. Um, So um, I really like my agents now. They, They help me with production, which is not anything that's ever really happened before. So it's like from start to finish, like each job feels like, I'm getting the production support, the um, the support with the budget um, from start to finish, which is awesome. And um, is that now that I'm doing bigger bigger jobs is like so helpful and kind of lets me stop worrying about the logistics and just go for getting the the good pictures out of it. 
Yeah, definitely. It's just you kind of have a team at this point and kind of helps you kind of keep keep uh, building, I guess. And once you get in these bigger productions, you, you can't you can't do it all yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I tell people, even if they don't have a rep, like say you get a really big job and you're like, I don't know what to do, like hit up an agent and they'll help you. Um, it, it, maybe they'll take a, you know, a little bit of commission off of your fee, but you're helping you get a better fee in the first place. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, like they're probably more than willing to help yep. you out, you know, um, cause it can be, you know, I think a problem a lot of times people do not have agents don't know how, what to really charge. And that starts bringing rates down because then clients are like, Oh, this person did it for like this much. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to, for, for people to re- remember like what day rates are supposed to be for certain jobs to keep it, to keep them up because they're only falling. They're not getting higher. Yeah, for sure. It's just, you got to ask questions. Like a lot of times I'll just ask producers, like I have a producer who's been in the business for like 35 years and she knows the numbers inside and out. And, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, you just got to ask questions and, um, it just helps, you know, you'll, you'll make more money. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, one project on your website I was looking at is called Born This Way. Um, it's really amazing photos. I was kind of curious, like what that project was all about, how it kind of came to, to be. Um, so I've been working, I believe this was the first shoot I did with, so A&E Networks, um, owns Lifetime and, um, I'm, I'm sorry, this wasn't the Lifetime. Lifetime. I've been doing a lot of stuff for Lifetime and I and um, A and E, and so um, A and E hit me up to do these um, kind of not really behind the scenes, but kind kind of documenting um, for social media and for advertising um, the the show Born This Way. So I've done two seasons of it so far, um, where I'll shoot some portraits of them of the people on the show but I'll also go to like where they work and like what their lives are like and kind of just got really photojournalism style document them Mm. to kind of bring out like this the humanity and the like who they actually are um so a lot so sometimes I'll go when they're actually shooting the show and have to kind of dart around and, and shoot behind the scenes like get my shots that I need while they're actually shooting the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other times I'll go and we'll have like a separate day where we just like they, um, uh, like one of them is a really avid swimmer. So like we like went to her local pool and like shot her um, while she was doing her laps and that sort of thing. Um, so it was really cool. They give me a ton of freedom. They're like, go do you like just shoot, just shoot them. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so what ended up when when it was coming out is like this. I don't even know. There's so many images that they end up using little bits in the, of them, like the um, the big banner that ended up um, being produced for to kind of advertise the show was like snippets of like like ten or so of my images throughout the time that I had been um, documenting it. So it was kind of cool to see that they just use it as as marketing. Um, yeah, they were pretty amazing, yeah. p- amazing portraits, and it seemed like, like you said, they just kind of let you kind of do your thing and kind of sh- shoot it how you would just kind of personal work. It seemed like this kind of, it's kind of let you. Yeah, yeah. No, Amy, their their photo team is great. They give, they really know how to to hire like the right people for each job, and and just because they're producing television shows doesn't, it's it's not even about that. It's about the photos that happen. Um, alongside them and they even we did one i did one for lifetime which is under the a&e like umbrella um where i documented 
um, a Christmas movie being made, and then they had hired all female photographers for all the different Christmas movies, and they put together in this really beautiful bound book that they then mailed out to people. So it's um, they really champion photography, which is which is great. Damn, that's awesome! Sounds like a dream client right there. Um, Yeah, and you know one a couple portraits I really loved. You took you photographed Charles Bradley, um, amazing musician. uh, Sadly, passed a few years ago. Uh, I was curious, like, what your experience was working with him because his story was so interesting. um, uh, This how he kind of came up later in life. Yeah, his story was crazy, and I didn't even really know much about him when I was asked to shoot him. Um, But the that happened right before I moved to LA. So I was in um, Brooklyn and it was a very lo-fi shoot. Like it was me and an assistant, no lights or anything. Um, I had been given some art direction of like wh- what they wanted him to be doing for the cover where he's kind of looking up. Um, but other than that, we just kind of walked around my neighborhood, shot in my backyard, like very, very chill, mm-hmm. very relaxed, like no makeup team, no styling team, very, very um, bare bones. Um, and yeah, and then that's like where we got some, some magic pictures. And again, going back to like, you don't need it. You don't need tons of stuff yeah. <laughs> to make things happen. It's Less is really more. about, yeah. It's, and, and the, the great thing about it was they wanted me to shoot it all on film because the record was done. Vic, uh, Victim of love was shot, uh, was recorded on analog mm-hmm. equipment. So they wanted the entire process to be, um, analog, which was really cool. So I got to shoot a shot on my, my RB67, and that's what the cover image ended up being. Oh wow! From is film yeah. is film something you still mess around with these days at all, or not so much? It's funny. I actually just started shooting film again because I resurrected my my gigantic negative scanner from um it's from like I think it came out in two thousand one. I um it's this monster. I had to replace the motherboard on it, and now I've kind of started shooting film again because I can scan it really well and get it looking the way I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, within the last month or so, I've been shooting a bunch of film. That is exciting. It's kind of interesting. It's interesting to see like the resurgence. A lot of people are like this super into film these days. Uh, it's, it's cool to see, but it, it, it's, just, uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think people, if people can kind of rely on it for like this aesthetic mm-hmm. instead of, it's like, oh, shot on film. It's like, yeah, but like, what's in the picture? You know, I think it's still, Matt, because it's it's film now. It, pictures used to only be on film, and now the fact that it is on film is like this um, different thing, which is funny because we've gone backwards. Mm-hmm. So fine vinyl, you know, it's like this kitschy, unique thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I've started shooting film again because it just slows me down. And with digital, you can just shoot thousands of pictures and not pay attention um so i'm trying to do it for that purpose to kind of really pay attention to what's in each frame instead of just kind of blindly you know hitting the shutter button no it's smart um and you know kind of i guess to wrap up like you've been doing this for a while um like in a business that's like so so competitive um there's so many photographers these days um what do you think uh what do you got to do to kind of set yourself apart? Like you've been really successful and doing all the commercial stuff, I guess, like what do you think you've learned in doing this and in such a competitive business? What do you think uh, people need to do to, to, to make it work? You know? Oh man. <laughs> um, you got all I the answers, right, Elizabeth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of consistently 
putting out photos that are good. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, again, with Instagram, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of a necessity to, to keep that updated and, um, you know, get get your work in front of people. I think doing pr- printed promos is still really important. I think doing um, email blasts is really important. Getting meetings, FaceTime with people is really important. Um, just kind of, it, you know, pounding the pavement is still, it's it's easy to look at people who just got Instagram famous and, seem, you know, bazillions of followers and all this stuff. But I think um, that's kind of like winning the lottery. Like you really need to kind of, you don't need to assist to move up yeah. in the world, the photo world as much anymore. But I think you still need to do all the, the, the hustling that, yep. you know, do that, the, that stuff doesn't change. Do the work. Grind, yeah. it, grind it out. I like it. Yeah. And uh, I guess my last question, um, any goals for your, your own work moving forward? Anything you're uh, hoping to work on? Anything uh, on the pipeline? Um, yeah, I, I really, I want to do, again, more more directing. Um, it's really so fun to to get out from behind the camera and, and completely be in control of a scene without, without having to actually physically take the picture and, and do that. It's um, a whole different way of working. Um, it feels a lot more collaborative. It feels a lot more, it's just, it's just fun. It's a completely, when you're so used to being like the one operating the camera, it's, you're almost separated more from the person that you're shooting, but with directing, you can really kind of get in there and control things more. And I like, I like controlling things in the first place. So. <laughs> you can really con- control uh, your, your vision. You can get it through. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. And then you have so many options with the edit and the grading and, and all that stuff. It's just there's so many more possibilities. So I'm really trying to get more into that world. And just right now I'm just kind of doing my own camera operating and um, playing with that and just making making stuff. And then, you know, from there, hopefully get more and more. Well, I like it, and uh, Elizabeth, can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Like I said, I've been following your work for a long time, and uh, real excited to get another fellow Franklin Mass resident. That's like, it's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I know, it's so crazy. I'm like, I'm from, are you from, from the town, Massachusetts, probably never heard of it. So. <laughs> um, but for yeah. pe- people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Um, ElizabethWeinberg.com. Perfect. And on, oh yeah, and also Instagram. Yeah, that's right. Um, Instagram is I'm, life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm at Elizabeth R. Weinberg. Perfect. I'll link it, and people can go check it out. And uh, thanks so much. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Um, I actually want to tell you guys about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. Uh, PicDrop is a really great tool for when you need to send off those files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. Um, it's really great. You can actually, your clients can write notes on the photos you sent to them and rate them. And it's just a really easy way to communicate with your clients and keep everything organized in one spot. I've been using it for a little over a month now and really enjoy it. For years, I was using like uh, Dropbox. 
Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. Um, like I said, I've been enjoying it. And with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. Like I said, I've been enjoying it. And just remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. And also, it's got to give a big thank you to our guest, Elizabeth Weinberg. Um, been a big fan of her work for years. Um, she's just always shooting really cool uh, portrait work and advertising, a uh, regular contributor to the New York Times. Uh, so definitely go check out her website at ElizabethWeinberg.com, as well as her Instagram, at Elizabeth R. Weinberg. Lots of cool work up there. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, as well as my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.